Welcome to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. Sit back, relax, and enjoy a stimulating discussion of news and humor from a Jewish perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Rabbi Mendy. Welcome to Sunday Schmooze. Thank you for joining me this morning. As I wrote, it's a, it's a little dreary outside, a little rainy, but in here, it's nice, it's comfortable, it's, it's, it's practically sunny inside. The light's on, it feels like it's sunny. So how was your week? I want to play a little uh, word association game with you. I'm going to say a phrase, and then I want you to think about the first thing that comes to mind. Okay, you ready? Here goes. Guests are coming over, and they're staying for three days. What's going through your mind right now? Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Where are they going to stay? How am I going to put them up? But they have to stay. I can't put them somewhere else. They're my first cousins. I, when, when I went to, to, to them, they, they let me stay in their house for, for, for a month. But I, I can't have them right now. Is that what's going through your mind? Oh, wow, yay, I'm so excited. They're coming. We'll be able to put them up. Three days, we can do it for 30 days. Is that what's going through your mind? What's going through your mind when you hear... The guests are coming for three days to stay with you. Or as like like to say in Yiddish or Yeshivish, to stay by you. That was a shout out for Bracha Gilmeister, who by the way is hosting an amazing uh, program tomorrow here at Chabad. That's right. Tomorrow, Monday, November 14th, is going to be the annual mom's luncheon and that is for moms who grieve for the loss of a child and they spend the afternoon together for a heartwarming and inspiring afternoon program with obviously delicious kosher food and guest speakers including Bracha herself, Kathy Meyer Sullivan and Becky Savage, they're all going to be here uh, tomorrow. So if you or someone you know is a mom that lost a child and would like to join this program, it's free of charge. 
please send me an email and I'll send you the link where to sign up. There's still um, one or two spots left. So um, if you send me an email, because it's a long, it's a long um, website. Well, you can go to gillieshouse.com and search for it there, or you can just send me an email. I'll send you the direct link. Anyway, this is for any uh, mom, Jewish or not, who has lost a child and would like to spend, uh, enjoy a delicious lunch and spend the afternoon uh, with other moms in their same situation. Anyway, so Bracha likes to make fun that when we speak, we say, someone is staying by you. Anyway, so that's, who knows what your mind conjures up when you think guests are coming for a few days and you weren't even planning for it. But if you're like Abraham from the portion that we read, yes, we read yesterday, you would be ecstatic. Think about it. Abraham was recovering from a surgery, right? Remember the week before, he had a circumcision. So he's recovering from his surgery, yet he was waiting for guests, people who were passing by, people he, had, he did not even know. We're not talking about people that, you know, he owed them a favor because he stayed with them, you know, or, he, or they did something for him. These are strangers that would pass by just so he should be able to give them food, drink, a place to rest. And he was sick. You know, when people, they're not well and the world comes to an end. Especially if you're a guy and you got the flu, forget about it. The world comes to an end. I can't do anything. I don't want to hear about anybody. I can't go anywhere. I can't have anybody come here. Abraham just had a circumcision. It was the third day afterwards. And he's sitting outside waiting, hoping that strangers will walk by so he can invite them in. And then, three guys show up. And Abraham runs to greet them. And he asks them to come stay for a while. His whole, you know, hospitality, as we know, his hospitality like apparatus was engaged just to take care of these three guys. Remember I said he just had a surgery? Did I forget to mention that he's 99 years old? The mitzvah of achnasas orchim, the mitzvah of having guests, is a very, very big mitzvah in the Torah. Especially this year, the year of Hakel, when we're supposed to bring people together. Now the key to being a, you know, there's, there's many ways to be a good host. There's many, obviously ways to be a bad host. But the, the key to being a, a great host is to make sure that your guests feel at home even when you wish they were at home. Not only that, especially those guests who you wish that they were home. You see, because people who are traveling are not at home. They don't have the regular peace of mind, serenity, comforts, or familiarity that you have at home. So part of their, part of their humanity is taken away. It's missing. As we say in Yiddish, when you're running around, you're, you're somewhere where you don't feel yourself, become oismensch. Yiddish word for the day brought to you by Kate's Financial Services. Oismensch. You ever heard that word? You know what a mensch is. Oismensch. You no longer feel like you're, 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 you're a human. So when you welcome 
someone into your home, this is an opportunity to re-mensch them or re-humanize them. So you push aside your own comforts because when someone's staying in your house, you don't have the comforts you had when nobody was there. And that includes pushing away some of your privacy, pushing away some of your own needs and desires. For what? To make room for someone else. As they say, if there's room in the heart, there's room in the house. This is the whole key to what Yiddishkeit, to what Judaism is all about. This mitzvah brings us to a place that is higher than self-actualization. Why? Because it brings us to a place of self-transcendence. It allows us to see a little bit of God's infinite light. It brings us to a place we can never be before. So with that, the guests actually help uplift us. So now let's try this word association game again. Guests are coming and staying for three days. Now what are you thinking? Ah, that's much better. You may know this, but there's no Hebrew school today. That's because uh, Rachi went out of town to uh, celebrate um, her nephew's Menachem Amram's wedding. So Mazel Tov Menachem. And because of that, there's no Hebrew school. So probably the kids are listening to the show. So I have this great Hachnasas Orchim, which is by Uncle Moishi, and typically it's for kids. But you know what? It's probably for the kid inside you too. Uncle Moishi, who's here? They're here. I think that's our guest. It's a very big mitzvah to invite guests for the Yom Tov of Pesach. Picked up the phone and called my cousin Svi. I said, hey Svi, it's me, Uncle Moishi. It would be my treat, it's my honor to greet, for Shabbos be my guest. The other day, I met Mr. Lou and said, how about you? Come and visit. It would be a treat, it's my honor to greet, you as my special guest. So come on, you're invited, and I'll be so delighted, if you'll just be my guest. It's called Hachmasas Orchim It gets me so excited Yes, come on, you're invited Just let me do the rest My guest deserves the best So come on, you're invited And I'll be so delighted If you'll just be my guest It's called Hachmasas Orchim It gets me so excited Yes, come on, you're invited Just let me do the rest My guest deserves the best Would you like to come over to my house? We could play! Of course I would! Thank you so much for inviting me! Wow! Hachnasas Orchem! What a special mitzvah! There's Mr. Sloan, who's old and lives alone. And I love to hear him share his great stories. I say it would be a treat. It's my honor to greet you as my special guest. In Shul I met 
my good friend Ari Reese. I said, Ari, would you please come on over? It's the mitzvah I love most to invite and to host. So won't you be my guest? So come on, you're invited, and I'll be so delighted If you'll just be my guest, it's called Hachmatzah Sarkin It gets me so excited, yes, come on, you're invited Just let me do the rest, my guest deserves the best So come on, you're invited, yes, and you. I'll be so delighted And you, if you'll just be my guest, it's called Hachmatzah Sarkin Everyone, it gets me so come on excited. over, yes, come on, you're, you're invited. All invited Just let me do the rest so come on, you're invited, and I'll be so delighted If you'll just be my guest, it's called Hachmatzah Sarkin It gets me so excited, yes, come on, you're invited Just let me do the rest, my guest deserves the best When there's room in the heart, there's always room in the home So come on over, you're invited Okay, if you have a yarmulke, guys, put a yarmulke over your head and take your right hand, cover your eyes, and let's say together. And with no Hebrew school, we get to have Chani in the studio, who is going to lead us with the Shema. There we go. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu. Baruch Shem Kivod Balchuto Leolab Vaed. That was beautiful. Thank you very much, Hanala. If you don't mind, Hani, if you don't run over to get some coins so you can put coins in the pushka. In the meantime, if you have a drink, please hold on to your drink. I'm going to take my hot coffee here. I don't want to spill it. And let's say a bracha together. Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Ha'olam Shehakol Nihia Bidvaro. Okay. Now, if you have a coin, take your coin and let's put it into the pushka. Shake it around so everyone can hear the pushka. Thank you very much, Hanala. I'll see you again soon because I know you're going to sing a song for us a little, in a little while. It can be said, and I'm sure many of you may have felt this at some point or other, that living Jewishly can become routine. In fact, it can go so far as becoming stagnant. You know, stagnant water doesn't do very well. And oftentimes or especially, I should say, it happens in the quiet times between holidays. Yeah, you have the Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Simchas Torah. The next one you're going to get is, is, is Hanukkah. Somewhere between, living Jewishly can become routine. However, even though 
most days seem to be identical to each other, both in the schedule and the practice. You know, what we do each day, put on tefillin, we daven, we eat kosher, go to work. But Jewish life really does give us a dynamic way, a dynamic change of scenery every single day of the year. We talked a little bit about this last week and some people came and asked me questions so I decided I'll, I'll delve into it just a little more. The Al-Terebbe, the founder of the Chabad movement in the 1770s, once entered his base medrash, his study hall, and he declared to whoever was in there, Midarf leben mit der Zeit. Remember that from last week. We have to live with the times. And then, just like that, he went back into his study and left all the bewildered students perplexed at this announcement which seemed to contradict the very premise of a Hasidic lifestyle. What do you think about when you typically say live with the times? It typically means following the uh, ever-changing fashion trends. It means adopting the fluctuating morals that society dictates for us. But being a Hasid means being above all that, transcending all the nonsense and focusing on what is truly timeless. So what did the Al-Trebbe mean when he said, Medarf leben mit der Zeit? We have to live with the times. So it turned out, and they found out from the Al-Trebbe's brother, that he was referring to living with the Torah portion of that week, the Parsha of the week. You see, as you know this by now, we complete the entire Torah every single year. And we do that by reading a different portion during the service on Shabbos and Shul, we read a different portion. So, for instance, last week we read the parsha of Lech Lecha. Yesterday we read the parsha of Ayera. And this coming Shabbos, we're going to read the portion of Chaye Sarah. Now, each portion, when we read it on Shabbos, is divided into seven parts. And each part is called an Aliyah. And before and after each Aliyah, someone is called up and is honored to recite the blessings on the Torah for that Aliyah. Now the fact that the weekly Parsha is divided into seven uh, subsections is not only symbolic of the fact that Shabbos is the seventh day of the week. It actually makes the Torah portion relevant to the entire week, not just Shabbos. In fact, one of the ways that Jews have written the dates on a letter, does anybody know what a letter is? Today everyone knows what an email is. But there was a time, not too long ago, when people wrote a pen on paper, ink on paper, put it in an envelope, wrote an address, and sent it in the mail. So, Oftentimes, when a Jew would write a letter and put a date on it, he would write 
For example, today, the, it's the first day of Chayasara. The first of Chayasara means it's Sunday of the week that we're going to read the portion of Chayasara. This is what the Alter Rebbe meant living with the times. On Sunday, we read the content of the first Ali of the Parsha, which we're going to be scheduled to read on Shabbos. And that's the Torah portion we read that day, we study it, and we're supposed to live with the message on that day. On Monday, we study the second Aliyah and live with the message of the second Aliyah on that day and go on throughout the week. Now, in order to live with it, you have to learn it. That's why it's so important to study Chitas, to study the Torah's daily portion. And it's easy to do if you have the books at home and even easier if you get the Chayenu whether you get the booklet, the magazine each week, or you get the app on your phone or tablet, you get the app and you can study. It's so easy, not only to study the portion, but also, if you have the Chayenu, to study the commentary to help you live with the message of the day. So what's today's message? The first day of the Parsha of Chayisara. So, let's start the first day. We read the first verse, which gives the name to the portion. In the first verse, it tells us about Chayisara, the life of Sarah. You remember, Abraham had a wife, Sarah. She gave birth to a son, Yitzchak, which was the beginning of our history. It all began with Sarah and then her giving birth to Yitzchak. And the portion is called Chaya Sarah, which seems apropos about the life of Sarah. But yet, immediately at the beginning of the portion, we learn of Sarah's demise. We learn that Sarah passes away at 127 years old. So, doesn't it seem a little, I don't know, weird that the portion that talks about Sarah's passing will be called by the name Chaye Sarah, the life of Sarah, right? You know, many women wear a necklace that says Chai on it. Chai means life. Chaye Sarah means the life of Sarah. Why would a portion that talks about Sarah's passing and that's right in the beginning. It's not like it's at the end of the portion where, okay, now we read, read all about her life. Now, um, she passes away. It's actually mentioned right in the beginning, the first verses of the portion. She passes away and Abraham buys a plot in Hebron to bury her. And then we read about Yitzchak getting married. So why is this portion called Chayesar and what can we learn from it? And the answer is this. The Rebbe tells us that what is the true life of a person? The true life of a person is the effect that they have on the world. The effect they have on the world. Many people can live their whole lives with have, 
having absolutely done nothing consequential in their world around them. And they're barely remembered. And yet others can live even a short life and their inspiration is felt for many years, decades, and lifetimes after them. Sarah was such a person. This portion may talk about her passing at the beginning of the portion, but you know what it else talks about? It talks about Yitzchak getting married, which led to the creation of the Jewish people. It talks about Avraham buying a piece of land in the land of Israel, which is the land that was bequeathed to us, the Jewish people. In other words, this portion... And, and, and one more thing it talks about, that when, ya- when Yitzchak did get married and his wife Rivka came into the home, all the miracles that were in the home during Sarah's lifetime returned to the home. In other words, while Sarah physically passed away in this week's Torah portion, she actually showed that her mission, inspiration, and effect on the world around her continued. She didn't die. She continued to live. Even during the Parsha, which talks about her passing, it shows us how everything she laid hands on continued to inspire and continued to live. And that's why it was called Chaye Sara. The lesson to us is obvious. We all have a sphere of influence. Every one of us can and therefore should inspire and influence our sphere of influence. We have to make sure that we live not only now, but that we live for all times. How do we do that? And this we talked about in our Torah studies class on Thursday evening, which if you'd like to join us, we have a class every Thursday evening, Torah studies, it's a great one-hour discussion on a great topic. And this week we talked about how we can all influence others without being embarrassed and worried that people are going to think we're fanatics. Because every single person has an ashama and all they need is for someone to come and ignite it. it. Make that spark come ablaze. You meet someone, invite them to your house for a Shabbos dinner. Remind them that they should light Shabbos candles that coming Friday night before Shabbos. Hanukkah is coming. Invite people to your home or help them get a menorah. As you know, at Chabad, we have menorahs and candles for anyone who's going to need. We even have a Hanukkah pop-up shop taking place in a couple of weeks. If you're going to need candles or oil or anything else that you need for the holiday of Hanukkah, This is a good time to get it and then pass it on to someone else so that they can also light the menorah and they'll thank you for it. They'll thank you for inspiring them and then you will be forever alive within them and within the inspiration that you've brought to the world.
That song, that nigun, is called the nigun hachana. The melody of preparation. It's composed by the Rebbe Rashab, the fifth Rebbe of the Chabad lineage. And his birthday is tonight, the 20th day in the month of Cheshven. Talking about birthdays, a quick shout out to our Mushki, Mushki Munitz, whose birthday was yesterday, on the 18th day in the month of Cheshven. Did you ever hear the saying, you don't cry over spilt milk? It's a classic. Ketchup also, you don't cry over splattered ketchup. These are classic things that we're told not to cry over. Whether it's spilled milk, or it's splashed ketchup, people cry over them. And then they say, hey, don't cry over it. Then, of course, there's missed appointments, lost deals, missed flights, Ubers that cancel on you when you're ready for them to come pick you up. Then, of course, revelations from God that remain elusive or godliness that stays hidden from us. And you're saying to me, what? Rabbi, did you fall off the roof? I'm worried and I cry about spilled milk and missed flights. But elusive revelations or godliness that's concealed, who cries about that? Maybe for the elderly mystics with long white beards and yellowed old books, they may cry for that. But we, we don't cry for that. Let me tell you a story. A young child once came crying to his grandfather. It was during this week, many, many years ago. As kids do, he was crying because it wasn't fear. What wasn't fear, you're asking? Well, he was in Cheder that day. Cheder is a Hebrew-Yiddish word brought to you by the Armenians. Cheder means a room, but Cheder also means a Jewish elementary school where they study Torah. So he was in the Cheder and he learned, as we read in yesterday's Torah portion, that God revealed himself to Avraham, to Abraham, and that simply was not fear. Why doesn't God reveal himself to me? And this child was crying. Now granted, this child would grow up to be the fifth Chabad Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab, whose birthday is tonight. But at that time, he was four or five years old. And he was sobbing because he wanted God to talk to him, and God didn't. And it simply isn't fear. I can't help but ask myself, what are the things that I have a meltdown over? What frustrates me to the point of tears? Now, obviously, these are personal questions, questions that each of us needs to think about and answer for ourselves. But one thing is sure. There's a famous four-word saying or slogan which was born directly from this story 
about the young Rebbe Rashab. A slogan which the Rebbe holds near and dear and every single one of us should live with. And that is the four words, say it together with me, we want Mashiach now. Because even if Mashiach seems like it's something that's far off, and even if there's a part of you that is perfectly happy and content with the life that we live in and the life that we know now, and you don't have a fanatic desire for Mashiach, and even if you feel like if Mashiach just takes a little longer, it's not going to ruin your day, you got to remember this. Inside of you, there's an innocent, pure-minded, idealistic four, five, or six-year-old who knows that Mashiach is true. And in tears, he cries out, It's not fear. I want Mashiach now. And that is your and my truest and purest self. So you can forget about ketchup splattering and milk spilling and appointments and deals and flights and even Ubers. What is our deepest and sincerest most burning desire? Is to bring Mashiach now. We need it because there's no other way to live without it. And as I said, Khani's here in our studio and she's going to lead us with the song We Want Mashiach Now and then I'm going to play an Israeli rendition of the song We Want Mashiach Now and it's going to be oftentimes uh, in Hebrew and in English and when they sing it, sometimes he sings it We Want Mashiach Achshav because in Hebrew, the word now is Achshav. So you can sing it We Want Mashiach Now or we want Mashiach Achshav, but before that, let's begin with Hani singing to us, We Want Mashiach Now in English. Go ahead. We want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now, we don't want to wait. We want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now, we want Mashiach now, we don't want to wait. We want Mashiach Achshav. 
Mashiach. Okay. Whew. You know, this week is probably one of my very busy weeks. Is I, I have a really busy schedule this week. On top of my regular busy schedule, I got a really extra special busy schedule because I plan to meet a whole bunch of uh, ambassadors from South Korea and Vietnam and Cambodia and China and Russia, uh, where else? Australia, Ukraine, South Africa, um, a number of other countries as well. I can't think of them right now. And no, I'm not, I'm not going to the UN climate uh, meeting in Egypt, and I'm not even going to the UN in New York City. But I will be with thousands of Rebbe Shluchim, thousands of Chabad rabbis at the International Kinos, the International Conference of the Rebbe's Shluchim from all over the world, the Rebbe's emissaries from all over the world. And during this upcoming week and weekend, there'll be sessions and workshops and uh, training events. But the best discussions are often the ones that happen in between the formal sessions, in between the formal get-togethers. Oh, did I mention also the amazing banquet, which is, uh, you can watch live on our website. That's going to be next Sunday night, a week from tonight. But like I say, the discussions happen on the sidelines, in between the formal get-togethers. At those times, we talk about our families. We talk about our individual challenges that we have. Yes, Rabbis have challenges. And we talk about the inspiration that we draw from the Rebbe. And obviously, one of the discussions that come up because it's something that is so front and center to many of us is we talk about anti-Semitism. This week, one of our dear listeners sent me a text asking me, Where does anti-Semitism come from? So I'm not going to give it all away today. We've done a number of classes on it. And I can assure you that we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about the anti-Semites. We're not going to talk much about the recent disturbing statements from certain people who are considered celebrities. And I use air quotes that. You see, anti-Semitism, or any form of hatred for that matter, is like a disease. When someone is sick, they need to take medicine. And as anyone in the healthcare system will tell you, it's foolish to only focus on a cure for the illness. The real long-term solution to illness is really in prevention. And that's why the government spend, or at least should spend, billions of dollars to understand how a positive lifestyle and certain changes can prevent illness. Because it's great to help someone become healthy again once they've been sick. But to help someone not become sick in the first place is so much brainier, so much smarter. It really is true that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So we need to discuss 
the broader question at the heart of the issue. Not how we can prevent the next anti-Semitic attack or the next Meshuggah celebrity from saying his vile hatred and posting it for millions online. But instead, we have to talk about and figure out how can we create a world where anti-Semitism declines and really disappears? How can we inspire a society based on morals and kindness, a place, a society that has no place for hatred? And the answer is on, our, is on the money. The answer is on the money. If you look at a coin, on one side it says, E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. It's an assertion that we, as Americans, we can bridge our really great diversity, the many different parts and elements of our society, and we can all come together and connect as one. In the current environment, this statement seems, at best, it seems naive. If anything, our country seems to have become so much more polarized than ever before. It almost seems like hatred is going up and up and up around the country. So how do we bring many to one? So you have to flip the coin over, and then you'll find the other statement. It says... In God, we trust. If God created you, and that same God created me, I need to respect you, and you need to respect me. We may have some really big differences. Differences in our lifestyle choices. Differences in our political views and affiliations. Even the sports teams that we root for. And you know me, I don't have any. But still we know that at our core, we are the same. If we realize in God we trust, we realize we were all created by one God and for one purpose. To make our world a better and holier place. Hatred comes from thinking of people as as others. Faith in God is emphasizing the things that we have in common, our shared existence, our interconnectedness, and our need to make the world a better place with the coming of Mashiach. So I'll proudly share with my fellow Chabad rabbis what we're doing here in Milford, the greater Milford area. I'll share how we joined and celebrated the Rebbe's 120th birthday with our governor here in our state and throughout all the 50 of the United States, the governors who declared the Rebbe's birthday as Education and Sharing Day. And we'll talk about the major strides we've made by getting schools to have a moment of silence every morning. See, because by appreciating the importance of instilling moral values 
from a very young age, young school children, even before the age of four and five. We're setting up the next generation for a better future. A future with less divisiveness and much more connectedness, much more cohesion. The present seems to leave a lot to be desired. But the future is definitely bright. All we need to do is focus on uniting, on recognizing the godly spark inside each of us. And that's what the year of Hakel is all about. It's about bringing people together, realizing that you and I, at the core, are the same. And if you care about our current state of affairs as much as I do, as much as the many rabbis who are going to get together to next week, or the end of this week, to figure out what to do to bring about the coming of Mashiach, then I hope you'll join our work as well. You'll help us get us there. You'll start by adding an act of goodness and kindness. You'll then go on to bringing people together. So you do a mitzvah and then invite someone to your home. Hachnasas Archim, inviting guests, making hakel gatherings. We can't push it off. Don't push it off till March, to February, or even January. We're in November. Get a hakel going, November or December. You can do it. Give me a call, send me an email, I'll help you set it up. You'll invite some friends and have a hakel going. We need to bring people together. And if you care as much as I do, then you will. Because the world needs to be a better place. And in order for that to happen, we need a few good people who will do something about it. Full of glory, the galaxy so brilliantly related. Ultimately, high on that first page of our story, until the time our parents were created. An envious brother came through a blow so mad and chilling. Tragically, he never did recover It's really so insane All our selfishness that's killing That stranger who's our sister and our brother So listen, brother, listen, friend Just a little smile, a helping hand We all will find a loving children to treat your fellow friend like they were you and then we all will find some peace of mind in unity age is rushing by writing chapters full of sorrow webs of self-destruction we are weaving cause if we don't even try 
tomorrow So what's it all worth If we are not achieving So listen brother Listen friend Just a little smile A helping hand And we all will find A loving kind humanity We must teach our children to Treat your fellow friends like they That was a beautiful song titled Unity by MBD, Mordechai Ben David. Talking about unity in Hakels, I want to invite you to join us in almost two weeks on November 25th for a Shabbos Thanksgiving dinner. I invite you to enjoy Shabbos and community with a four-course sit-down traditional Hakel Thanksgiving Shabbos dinner, all combined in one, connectivity. I invite you to enjoy delectable cuisine, wines, and mouth-watering desserts with our community. It'll be a family Shabbos experience combining the taste of Thanksgiving, Shabbos, and the feel of home. 
And who's invited to come? That's Jewish families, couples, singles, anyone that would like to join us to enjoy delicious food, great drink, and even better, camaraderie. Again, it's Friday, November 25th. We begin at 4 p.m. We'll begin with candle lighting, cocktails, drinks, and that will be followed by dinner. So, as I said before, it's open to adults and children, Jews of any background or affiliation, but there's very limited seating. So if you'd like to join us, you must go to our website, gotchabad.com, G-O-T-C-H-A-B-A-D.com, gotchabad.com, and click on the banner on top of the homepage to take you to the Shabbos Hakel Thanksgiving uh, dinner. And also I want to tell you, even though it's a little early, but I want to tell you about the Women and Girls Hakel Paint Night, which will take place on Sunday, January 8th at 5.30 p.m. at Chabad. Um, it's a time to relax, create, and enjoy. If you'd like to join uh, the women of the community for that, again, go to our website, gotchabad.com, and register um, to take part with um, a, an amazing artist who will help you um, create the most magnificent painting to take home with you. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been amazing spending Sunday morning with you. I know we started a little late, but I'm happy you joined us. Remember, your next deed will change the world. So make it a good one. Lechayim! been listening to Sunday Schmooze with Rabbi Mendy Kievman from the Chabad House Jewish Community Center on Cedar Street in Milford. For more information on the Chabad House, including upcoming events, adult programs, Hebrew school, and more, visit gotchabad.com. That's G-O-T-C-H-A-B-A-D.com. Shalom.